Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. guys and welcome back to ladies who law school podcast i'm Haley, and i'm sam and this week's episode is sponsored by barcast audio barcast audio is podcast like audio lessons that get you prepared and ready for the bar and they can also help you in exams if you are in law school because you know your 1l subjects and some of your 2l subjects are basically everything that's going to be on the bar so this is literally a perfect way to either refresh what you've learned learn new material or study for the bar so in my opinion you're getting the best of what was that three worlds so use code law on barcastaudio.com to get 10% off your mbe pack And like Samantha said, you can learn everything you need to know for the bar and for 1L and potentially 2L law school subjects. And another word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. So sometimes when you're feeling down, a cup of tea or a nice bubble bath might help clear your mind. But what about when you can't clear your mind or move out of that overwhelming feeling? BetterHelp is there for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional counselor. No, it's not a crisis help center. No, it's not a help hotline. It's professional counseling done securely online. Log into your account at any time and message with your counselor or schedule phone calls or even video chats. It's more convenient and more affordable than traditional counseling. So use betterhelp.com slash LWLS. This week... We have a, I feel like we always say a special guest, but seriously, I feel like every week we have a special guest because, you know, they're all so amazing in their own way. Um, So this week we have someone who has shared her struggles with us and, you know, we've shared on her, on our Instagram, shared a lot of her stories and I'm sure you guys kind of know of her already, but she has a really inspirational story. Um, A lot of struggles going through law school and just life in general, you know? So it was a very emotional episode. Um, So yeah. Yes, she is. Yes, she is a beautiful spirit and she has such great energy. We couldn't get enough of it. So she's also an immigrant and a Latina First generation law student, first generation lawyer, please help me welcome our very, very special guest. Please welcome our guest, 
Ms. Dani Salvatierra. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, as you said, my name is Dani Salvatierra. Um, I am currently working as an attorney, immigration attorney in New York City at a human rights agency. And we do a variety of things. We represent uh, people with their immigration matters, but we also do a little bit of housing and family law. We also help clients with case management, such as, you know, if they need any benefits, uh, help, or they need housing, um, not necessarily, you know, how we do the legal aspect of housing, uh, landlord-tenant um, matters, but we also help them find housing. A lot of uh, my clients come to us and they're basically homeless or they're living at a shelter. And so we do a little bit of everything. Now that I'm actually talking about it, I realize how much we do. So tell us uh, where you went to law school. Sure. So I went to New York Law School. I moved. I lived in Miami most of my life. And then... I just got kind of bored of being in Miami. So I applied to a bunch of places outside of Miami. Um, I did have a few, you know, safety schools in Miami that I applied to, but definitely I was waiting for New York Law School to send me their hopefully acceptance letter. So when they send it, I cried. I just lost it and I moved immediately after that. So while you were in law school, what were some of your biggest accomplishments and then your biggest um, struggles? Well, it's interesting because a lot of people, I guess now I know better. Um, I know that your first year of law school is your, mo- your most important year. Um, for me, particularly, my first year of law school was my most challenging um, year because I left Miami and I left everything I knew. And I didn't anticipate to get as homesick as I got, you know, I knew absolutely no one in New York. I had no friends, no family. And this city, as crowded as it is, um, can get very lonely very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself just feeling very isolated. Um, also, I started law school when I was 26, which is usually a little older than your peers. Um, a lot of the people around me were, you know, recent college graduates, uh, 22, 23. And so I I was trying to fit in so much that I started, you know, going out a lot and trying to make friends. And I feel like my priorities were all messed up. They were not actually (laughs) where they should have been, which, you know, should have been law school. Um, it was a miracle that I, I survived my one whole year and I got decent grades, but not decent enough uh, to keep my scholarship. So I lost my scholarship after my first year, which was devastating. And it was a huge wake up call. Um, you know, I had all these friends from law school, but I didn't have my scholarship anymore. So I realized how my priorities were completely just all over the place place. And it was a harsh realization. Um, I came to realize that I was going to have to start working. Thankfully, in law school, you know, you work, you can work your second year. So just to give you a little bit of a, you know, summary, because it's just a lot, I could like write a book about this. I would wake up uh, like at six, I would go to work from like 8.30 to like noon. And then I would just eat on my way to school. Then I would take classes, come back home and then, you know, maybe go back to the office to make more money because they would pay me hourly. Um, I was working at an immigration uh, business immigration firm. 
And then I would, I just remember it was just a blur. I was just making money, trying to pay my, you know, my school. Um, I didn't want to take a lot of debt. So I, I tried to do it all on my own. Um, and then I realized that I was going to probably going to have a mental breakdown because I was so busy, but somehow I, I got incredible grades my second year because I guess I was so like laser focused and like nothing was going to come between, you know, me and getting my scholarship back. So I got it back. Um, I even made a Dean's list, which I was like, wow, this is crazy. I went from like almost considering dropping out of law school and then like making, you know, Dean's list. But I guess that answers both of your questions because, you know, my biggest challenge, which was my first year of law school, led to one of my biggest accomplishments, which was to make Dean's list and to actually uh, feel like I started to you know, like I belonged in law school for the first time. I felt like I was actually doing the work. I was paying attention. My priorities were <laughs> definitely in the right place that time around. You know, I was prioritizing, obviously, school and, uh, you know, friendships and drama and all of that came after. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much kind of like a summary of how you went. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you are currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go. Whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So, if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. That's awesome. So, I feel like a lot of people can identify with your story what exactly did you change other than just your priorities? And obviously you became much more busy. Do you think you developed time management skills? You know, what can you tell other people who might be in the same situation? Definitely. So I had the mindset because I had the realization, right. That I had done it completely wrong. Um, You know, I, yeah, it was just, it was just really messy. I realized that I was not, you know, doing the things that I was supposed to be doing. I'm never going to forget. I had a conversation with one of my good friends from law school. And I'm, I still, till this day, remember she, she asked me this question. She was like, why did you come to law school? Like, what is the reason, right? Is it to make friends? Is it to, 
you know, to, I don't know, like, wh- what is the reason, right? And then I, I had to think about it. And I was like, well, I, I came to law school because I had these dreams and these things that I wanted to do. So completely, um, I feel like my mindset completely changed. And that helped me with other aspects of my, you know, like time management, for example, was a huge one because I had to wake up super early to go to, um, you know, to go to work. And then I had to like go immediately after to class. And then I had to obviously find time between working and not working to read all of the cases that I had to read, to do all the, you know, writing that I had to do and all the research. And so definitely time management became uh, a number one thing that I learned Um, And it's interesting because before law school, I was a paralegal and I thought that I had my time management skills like, you know, done because I had been a a paralegal for so long for so many different attorneys in Miami. Um, But apparently um, I'm good at like managing other people's responsibilities, but I wasn't that good at managing my own. Um, And so when I finally learned how to do that, it felt really good. Um, So that was one thing. Another thing, too, is just being organized um, and sticking to your schedule. I feel like everybody who's in the legal field can admit that we're all procrastinators. We, we work, right, with deadlines. We, we thrive when we have deadlines, actually, right? We do better work sometimes when we have deadlines and we're like close to the deadline and we feel that rush, you know, that we, we need to get it done because otherwise <laughs> we're going to fail or whatever it may be. Um, but I feel like I actually took the opposite approach. So I made sure to do everything ahead of time. I was always ahead of the game. If I had, you know, I would read ahead, like I would be in class and the professor would be like, we're going to be reading this case next week. And I had already read it because I wanted to always be ahead because I knew that if any emergencies came up, right, any life happens, um, at least I was not going to fall behind because I barely had any time to do anything other than work, make make money and go to class. So you mentioned being a paralegal before law school. So what made you decide to be a paralegal? Were you thinking about going to law school and, you know, you decided, okay, I'll try this out. And since coming to law school and then interning while in law school, how did that change from like your work as a paralegal? How is that different from a legal intern? Definitely. That's a great question. Um, So I always, I don't like saying this, but it's so true. When I look back, like I I think I deep down, I always knew I wanted to be a lawyer, even before I moved to the US. Um, I moved from my uh, country of origin, Peru, when I was 13. Um, So in Peru, you graduate high school when you're 15 or 16, a lot earlier than here in the US. So I kind of already had an idea that I wanted to be an attorney, uh, an abogada in Spanish. So I would tell my parents, I'm gonna become a lawyer, like in Spanish, you know, it was so cute. Um, And they would like make fun of me. Like, obviously they believed in me, but they thought, you know, this girl, she's so young, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. Um, And then when I traveled to the US, Uh, you know, this is like another book that I could write, but I didn't like this being in this country. I had a hard time getting adjusted to the new system, to the new country. So even like, you know, my Spanish is still to this day better than my English. Like I always struggle with learning a new language. And so I feel like as, as lost as I felt during high school in that time, deep down, I always knew that I wanted to become an attorney. Um, it's just that in the U.S., it just kind of became this thing that was impossible to do because high school was so hard for me that I was like, if I cannot even manage high school, how can I go to college? How can I even do any of these things? Right. And also, you know, let's remember that college is a privilege, um, you know, 
it's a lot more expensive here in the U.S. than in Peru um, and, and less accessible, unfortunately. So definitely I, I had moments where I was like, I'm not going to go to law school. Like, what's the point? But then a good friend of mine, um, she started attending a college, a Miami-Dade college, a community college when we graduated high school. And she suggested I did, too. And she was like, you know, you can get financial aid. Um, let's use, you know, let's try it together. And it's funny because I started at, it started as a game, as crazy as that sounds. I was like, let me just go with my friend and see if he works out. And then uh, Miami-Dade College had a, a law center. And I'm never going to forget, I was in class, I was in English class. And then this girl walks in and she was like, oh, is anybody interested in going to law school? Because, you know, we have the law center in building eight or whatever. If anybody wants to go, um, we have a pre-law program. We have a paralegal program. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this? Like, what is this building? Where is this building? What is this program? I like, I felt butterflies in my stomach. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm going to, I'm probably going to be able to do it. And so I go to the building and I met, uh, you know, an incredible mentor of mine, uh, Desmond Dade. Um, he's he's an advocate. He's actually an activist right now. He he's a voting rights activist. And when I met him at the time, he was just a legal aid uh, administ- doing, doing administrative work at the legal um, the legal department, the law center. And so when I walked in, I met him, and I was immediately inspired by his own story. And he was like, you know. You can get a paralegal degree here. You can do pre-law and eventually, you know, you'll have some of the knowledge and base knowledge that you need for law school. And I was like, but the hell, how does that work? Right. Because you cannot go to law school immediately after this. Like I have to go to college still. Like I have to finalize my four years of college, get my bachelor's degree, and then I can go to law school. So I knew at the time that it was going to take a long time for me to get there, but I didn't care. I was like, you know what? You have to start somewhere. So I signed up to change my major to pre-law slash paralegal certificate. I got my paralegal certificate in two years, transferred to Florida International University and finalized my bachelor's degree. There, my, my major was political science. And a lot of the credits that I was able to get at Miami-Dade College were transferred to Florida International University. And then, yeah, and the rest is history. So I just always kept this passion within me that I wanted to do that. And when I became a paralegal, my very first job uh, when I graduated from the paralegal certificate program was um, I was interning for a personal injury firm. And I just remember I hated it. No offense if he's hearing this because he he was an awesome boss, but I hated personal injury. And I was like, I'm not going to become a lawyer if I'm doing this. Like, this is not me. But then I, you know, I transferred because one of the attorneys there, because I was supposed to just be with them for four months. It was like an internship slash job. And then um, I, you know, I transferred from that office to one of the attorney's father, um, private firm, and he did criminal law and he did criminal defense. And when I started doing criminal defense, oh my God, I just like, I fell in love. Um, You know, even in law school, when I started law school, I thought I was going to become a a public defender because I have an obsession with uh, just, just protecting people who have been wronged by the system. And just, you know, I became obsessed as nerdy as this sounds with the fourth amendment and the fifth amendment and all of that. So 
I became a paralegal for criminal defense attorneys. I say attorneys because I, I went from one attorney to another criminal defense attorney and to another criminal defense attorney because I just wanted to experience all these different things. Um, and then finally, I, I started working for an appellate a criminal defense attorney who used to do just appeals, reopening cases and, and whatnot. And I stayed with him for like a solid two years and a half or something. And I loved working for him. And he's the one who, who basically pushed me to finally apply to law school. Because as much as I knew deep down that I wanted to do it, when I graduated Florida International University, I, I was working for him. And I'm never going to forget it. Like every single day he would be like, why are you still working here? Why are you not quitting? Like quit, like just study for the LSAT, go to law school. Like you're ready. You graduated already. You've worked really hard. Just get out of here. <laughs> and then finally I, I made the decision to do it. And I, I'm never going to forget the day I quit. And then I took like six months, I think, or a little more than six months to study for the LSAT. And then after that, I just applied and here I am. I hope I did my story justice because I've been through a lot. Like, I believe it was a total of like seven years of schooling before I officially went to law school. So that's wow. amazing. That's like gives me chills. You right. know? <laughs> I know it does give me chills, too, when I think about it, because I I often forget like when you're so busy uh, with work and doing everything that you're doing, you forget like the long path that it took for you to get to where you are and you know I had like vivid memories of me um going to the library when I was in Miami Day College and I knew that I I, I was not gonna study for the LSAT anytime soon but I would just grab LSAT books and open them up and, and look through them even though I had no idea what was going on and I just like I just like to just manifest just like tell myself it's happening one day you'll be taking this test one day you'll be doing this one day and even when I worked with different attorneys like the attorney will do something and I'll be I'll tell myself I'm gonna be doing that too I'm gonna be saying that too I'm gonna be treating my clients like that too and like for years and years I just I just almost like intoxicated myself with this idea of going to law school and then finally when it happened when I got my acceptance letter from my one of my top schools that I wanted to go to I just like lost it because I was like I can't believe it and ironically right my first year of law school I kind of lost my way you know because I, I was just so distracted by so many things but I feel like that fire that I had within me never went away and that's what allowed me to stay in law school I think that that's what drove me to work as hard as I did in my second year and to keep going and to you know finish the race and get to the final you know to the final stage which was graduation yeah exactly okay let's talk about that final hurdle too taking the bar exam right oh god <laughs> yeah I oh mean god. yeah I, tell us all about your story and also just for everyone you know listening this is so inspiring because it shows you that yes you worked so hard even for, as a young woman you know going through all these different stages and this is your legal journey, right? And you just, you knew you manifested it. And okay, so that final hurdle, right? Taking the bar, tell us everything. Yes, so when I graduated law school, I thought that's it. Like, you know, I went through so many, you know, ups and downs. I was like, what else can happen, right? <laughs> but obviously life teaches you 
lessons in every single chapter of your life. And there were many things that I still had to learn. And I still, to this day, feel like I still have so much to learn. But definitely the bar exam was an interesting one because the bar exam, I think I always had this like uh, idea that even though I succeeded in law school and I was able to, you know, to graduate, um, I think a part of me never quite felt like I fit in. Um, a lot of my, you know, my peers, my friends, um, I don't know. I, I just always felt like they were smarter than me. And I felt like they were more, um, just had an easier time than I did. And, you know, I don't want to get political or anything like that, but you know, I'm a minority obviously. Right. So definitely it was weird for me, like not seeing people like me around. Um, and I always felt like people just had it over all easier than me in many ways. Right. Um, and so, I felt like when I graduated law school, the bar exam was no different, right? It was hard for me to, because I had to stop working to study for the bar. And so even though I had some savings, I used those savings to pay for the bar, right? For all, the bar exam is an expensive thing, right? So having to pay for the course, for the books, for all these different things um, was a lot. And then knowing that I had to survive with my savings till I got my first job. Because by the way, I graduated law school and I didn't have a job. Like a lot of my peers did, I personally didn't. So I, I knew I, I was in conversations to work in certain organizations, but it wasn't like a definite thing. Like nobody gave me like a definite yes. It was most, more like, Danae, just take the bar and come back when you pass the bar. Like that type of talking situation because a lot of these organizations cannot afford to have people who don't have a license because of money and budgeting. But um, but I got lucky that while I was studying for the bar, I actually got a job at, a, at the human rights agency where I work now. And so I was happy because I was like, okay, I'm studying for the bar. Um, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen with the bar exam, but I, at least I have a job, we'll see what happens next. Anyway, I'm trying to make this short because it's like, I'm telling you I can write three books or four or whatever. Um, so, <laughs> finally took the bar, but I feel like I was never really confident in my abilities to pass the bar, even though I, I followed the crowd. I did everything that everybody told me to do, right? Uh, watch all these videos for hours, take notes, as many notes as you can, um, study, 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 study until you cannot study anymore. And I did it completely wrong because not only did I burn myself out and I was already kind of burned out from all the hard work that I had to do my second and third year of law school. Um, so I burned myself out a lot more and um, I just didn't do it the way that I was supposed to. Whatever I was doing didn't really work for me. Um, and so when I went into the exam, I knew deep down that I was not going to perform well, but I still did it just because I had to. So I did it. It was a horrible experience that I do not wish on anyone. I remember for the, for the multiple choice questions, um, we were running out of time and I still had 20 questions left. And I just remember, I just had to guess on all of those. And when I left, I just knew, I just knew. I, I think I had hope that, you know, when people tell you, but you always do better than you think. I had a little bit of hope that I passed, but I knew I didn't. When I finally got the letter, didn't pass. And I was heartbroken, I was disappointed, but I told myself, you know what? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to try again. And I'm going to, I'm going to do things right this time around. So I hired a coaching company and they were wonderful. The problem was that I, at that, at that point in my life, I feel like I had gone through so much that like my mind and my body just 
couldn't comprehend the past few years. Like I was just exhausted completely. And, and so I started to feel like um, my stomach was acting up. I felt very sick every day. I lost a lot of weight. I was really skinny, which is weird for me because I'm not skinny, um, which I don't, I don't want to be. <laughs> I, I love having my curves. Um, I was really skinny, but like really scary skinny. And I was like, what's going on? There's something wrong. So I went to the doctor and turns out that I had all these different stomach conditions that I didn't even know I had. Um, we found a, a, an ulcer in my stomach, which was on the, on the verge of becoming a bleeding ulcer. Yeah. Um, and I was so concerned, but not surprised because I was like, <sighs> ulcers are caused by stress. And I have been killing myself and my body for the past three years. Like <laughs> I'm not shocked that this is happening to my body. So had to end. So in this, right, when all of this was going on, when I was going to the doctor, I was studying for the bar for the second time with the coaching mm -hmm. company. And I was forced to take all these exams, like really invasive exams for to find out what was going on with my stomach. I had to go to the hospital on a weekly basis. I had to take a bunch of medication that you don't even want to I don't even want to talk to you about guys, the side effects that I got with this medication. I wanted to sleep the entire time. I was just, I was just a mess, an absolute mess to the point that I even had a hard time just getting out of bed. You know, my poor boyfriend, he had to like take that burden of like taking care of me. And I was so depressed that things got really dark. You know, I was like, I'm just going to give it up. I just, what's the point? I'm just going to take care of my health. And at the end of the day, I think I was doing the right thing. My mindset wasn't in the completely wrong space because at the end of the day, um, if anybody ever goes through something like this, always choose your health at the end of the day, because law school and, you know, the bar, all of that is not going to go anywhere. You can always go back to it. Um, so I obviously I had a contract with my coaching company and my coaching uh, mentors, the people who, you know, who were working with me truly believed in me. And I don't think they understood the gravity of my situation because I never really opened up to them about every single thing that was going on because I didn't want to be the like, you know, student who was like having all these problems. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess they could tell that I wasn't in the right mindset. But they, they were still encouraging me and they were like, Danae, you know, just take it and see how it goes. Maybe your, your score is going to go up and and um, I'm sure you learned something from this. Like, you know, just try it. And obviously they hoped that I would pass. Um, so took it again. Obviously, it didn't pass. Right. Who's going to pass when I'm more concerned about my health and sleeping well and taking medication than studying? Um, with that being said, I went from a 239, which was my first score, to a 258 and that was a huge jump right like almost like 19 points and I was like oh my god um if I was able to achieve this being sick and being a mess and being a crying mess and all this like I can achieve anything I can actually achieve passing the bar and I celebrated when I got my my letter telling me that I didn't pass because when I saw that number I was like oh I can do it. And I just like, I was so happy. Nice. I like told my boyfriend, like, we need to go out and celebrate. He's like, okay, let's celebrate. <laughs> yeah. And he was so supportive, by the way. Shout out to my boyfriend. He's the best person ever. Honestly, the fact that he's been with me throughout all these years, you know, we started dating two all years. So imagine he's gone through a lot with me and forever grateful. But 
and definitely, um, you know, we, we celebrated and, and my boyfriend was like, I know you got this, you know, it's just, it hasn't been the right moment for you, but the right moment is coming. And so during that time, drum roll, the pandemic happened. So I was healthier because I had been taking medication for a while, right? I was monitoring, monitoring my, my symptoms. I was making sure that I was doing better. I was, you know, going to the doctor regularly to check on my ulcer, to check on the, on these different conditions. My diet was better. I had gained weight back, my healthy weight. Um, and so I felt really good, like mentally and physically. And then boom, a pandemic happens. And I was like, great. The last thing that I need right now is a pandemic. <laughs> so I, I just, I just got like, I remember I sat down, this is going to sound crazy, but I just remember sitting down and just like, I started to journal because I love writing. So I just started journaling and I was like, what the f- excuse my language, what is going on? Why is, why is this happening? You know, I mean, I don't know if you believe in God, but I do, right? Other people believe in the universe and all these different things, but I believe in God. And I was like, God, what the hell? Like, what is going on? Why, why, is, why is there always something happening that doesn't allow me to finally get to that point? And so I did a lot of inner work. Uh, I had to do a lot of like reflecting and journaling and just like kind of just taking a break. I, I left Instagram. I completely shut down all my social media. I had no social media because I needed that mental space to put myself back into a better mindset in spite of the chaos that was happening in the world. Um, and so I just made a decision and I was like, you know what? Maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Not that the pandemic was a blessing in disguise because obviously horrible things have happened and the pandemic was terrible. But the, mo- the fact that I was not going to work, that I was not going to the office every day, that I had a little bit more free time, right? I was like, maybe I could make this work if I just wake up a little earlier and just, you know, study during the day, then I'm going to work from home. And then right after I'm done working, I can jump to my books again. So I can have the space and the, you know, the it's going to be less hectic for me to actually study again. Um, however, God was like, no, I'm sorry, but things aren't going to be that easy. So my mom got COVID and my brother got COVID in the middle of me studying for the third time. And I just remember I was just crying hysterically because not only was I mortified that my mom was sick and my brother was sick because my mom is old. She's, you know, she's, in the, on the older side, um, I just remember thinking, wow, you know, I just don't get a break. I, I just don't get a break and I don't know what to do. For the first time in my life, I didn't know what to do. Like, I just like looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I have no words of encouragement left for you, Danae. And that's when I decided to seek therapy. And I got a therapist um, throughout, you know, the pandemic, the entire time that I was studying for the bar, I was seeing a therapist every week. And my therapist really helped me just like shift my negative thoughts into positive thoughts and just to like um, work on affirmations and just telling myself that things are going to work out, things are going to be okay, all these things. And it's really weird to tell yourself like when you get a negative thought and to have to like have like, like, for example, what I used to do, I don't do it anymore, but what I used to do is I would do this. Like, I would like 
like find a way to remind myself, like maybe like touch my like hair tie or like find a way to remind myself, like, don't think like that. Cause I would get really negative thoughts of like, you know, you're not going to be able to pass this. What is the point? Like, just don't even, you know, don't even keep trying all these things. And I would just remind myself, no, 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 no. This is your anxiety speaking. And this is the stress speaking. You need to just tell yourself that everything's going to be okay. Thankfully, my mom recovered from COVID with no serious symptoms. My brother also recovered. When they both recovered, I went back to my studying because obviously those two weeks were hell for me when they were sick. I couldn't study. Um, but that's when I, you know, when I started therapy. And then when they recovered, um, you know, through therapy, the coaching company, by the way, I rehired this coaching company because whatever they did with me worked and I wanted to continue working with them because they were wonderful. So I, I just did it, you know, and I, I just studied every single day. I had hard days where I would cry and I would be like, I just cannot do this anymore. If I have to take this exam again, I'm going to just like lose my shit. Excuse my language. I was just, I would have those moments that I was, I would get really scared. And I think the pressure was on because of how much this meant to me, not because I wanted to become an attorney. It was more about finding out my inner strength and like doing something for me. It was like a, like an act of self-love almost. Like I was like telling myself, like, you can do this. Like you're an intelligent, strong woman and you can take over the world if you want to. So yeah, you got this. So kept going, kept studying, took the bar and passed. <laughs> so, so after all of that, you know, um, it, it worked out. And so when people tell you, you know, you get a lot of students tell you, when is the right time to, you know, to study for the bar? Or like people tell you, you know, this is happening in my life. So I don't think I should take it now or I should take it later. I always tell students, unless it's really, really getting to the point that obviously your mental health should be prioritized, if you feel like you do have the time and the space to do it, as long as you're taking care of yourself and your, your number one priority is your mental health and your physical health, then just do it because you're never going to find the right time. It, there's never going to be a right time because life is going to continue to happen yeah. and you're just going to have to continue working for your goals and that's it. You know, that's the lesson that I had to learn. So now that same, that same, uh, the same determination and, and resiliency and like all of these things that I learned from that experience is really what's carrying me through my career now, you know, cause I have a lot of difficult, uh, cases and clients and situations. And now I handle those with so much grace because of what I went through. Okay. So it was all meant to be. I love that. So when you passed the bar exam, what would you say is the mindset that you went into that test, like compared to the mindset from the previous tests, um, just to give a picture to someone so they can do the same thing? Because obviously it worked. Yeah, yeah, yes, of course. I, I mean, for me, again, it had a lot to do with the affirmations. Like I would tell myself constantly that, um, I would pass, even if I didn't believe it really, even if a part of me was still kind of like, you know, um, I think, I think at the end of the day, truthfully, it's about, it, it's about preparation, right? So if you prepare well for the bar exam, then when you get to, you know, exam day, um, you're just going to perform. No matter how you're feeling, your brain, you know, it's just going to do exactly what you did during practice and it's going to, you know, to just deliver. However, I do have to say that the third time around, 
I was super cheesy and corny. Like I would like look up like motivational videos on YouTube and I'm not kidding. Right before the exam, I sat down on my yoga mat and I like, like got on my meditation post or something like similar to that. And then I put all these YouTube videos of like, you know, like, you know, this cheesy videos of like, never give up, blah, 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 blah. Like all was very intense. And I would just close my eyes and just remember just listening to the words and just letting them take over me. And I just felt this like strength, like almost like I was going into like a boxing match or something. And then finally, when I got in front of the computer, I just remember thinking, this is not you against anybody who's taking the bar. This is you against you. And that's it. Um, you have the ability to control your mindset. I feel like a lot of people have the knowledge and they have the intelligence to pass the bar, but their mindset is what comes in between and completely like destroys the other stuff and all the skills that they have because they let the anxiety and the nerves take over, right? But I think if you go knowing that you're prepared and you go knowing that you can do it and, and after, you know, doing those affirmations, telling yourself that it's okay, um, that it's going to be okay no matter what, and just, you know, doing cheesy things like me, listening to motivational things and getting yourself really, like, you know, excited about it. When you start to type your questions or, you know, answer your multiple choice, everything just goes away completely I was like a machine I promise you like I just remember not even remembering what I wrote I don't remember what I wrote I don't remember questions people would be like do you remember this question I would be like I have no idea <laughs> but I was so like just 100% just like easy focus and it did not happen that way the first time and the second time um also, my timing skills were better. But again, right, all of that comes with practice, with knowing that you did the work and you did work that worked for your study habits, for your study style, for what worked for you in law school. Whatever got you that A, do the same thing for the bar. Um, and yeah, you know, that that's basically how how it happened for me. Yeah, I, I, you know, we were told recently that we shouldn't worry about the bar till it's time to worry about the bar. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a hurdle that we all have to pass and uh, it's a part of that legal journey. So thank you so much, Danae, for sharing us, sharing with us this great story. I know I'm super inspired. I'm inspired to go crush finals now. <laughs> You will. You will crush them. Yes. And I just wanted to talk a little bit more just about your current career. So how did you get into the exact place that you're working at now? And what does a day-to-day -day look like for you? Again, I think I mentioned this before, but I, I wanted to become a public defender. So my intention was actually to take all criminal law classes my second year of law school. But um, during my second semester, one year, one of my good friends, uh, Holly, she introduced me to a professor at my school who uh, was a, well, she still is technically because she doesn't really teach anymore. She's more of a, in a supervising role now, but she, um, she's an immigration, uh, immigration scholar and she's very well known in the field. Her name is Lenny Benson. And when I met her, I don't even remember how we just we just connected and I, I told her all about, you know, why I wanted to become a public defender and how interested I was in helping people and all these things. And then she was like, it sounds to me like you would be interested in immigration law, too. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, because, you know, I have my own immigration story. My family went through the immigration system. I went through the immigration system. Right. Um, 
And I just didn't even want to get close to immigration law just because it brought back memories from that time when, you know, I was undocumented at one point in my life. My family was undocumented at one point in my life. I lived in fear when I was younger, thinking I was going to get deported, um, you know. So, you know, when we finally became citizens, when finally, you know, were able to, um, it was a beautiful moment, but it was also a very painful moment because I came to the realization that we sacrificed so much and we left so much behind back home to be in this country for a better future. But, you know, sometimes you question, right, is it worth right, the sacrifice? Is it worth leaving the place that saw you grow and, and where you you know, came to the world and where you, you know, where you belong, right? So, so I, I had an existen a couple of existential crises when I was younger because of that. And so I did not want to do immigration law. So when she mentioned that I was being polite and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take your class. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. But in reality, I didn't want to. Oh my God, I hope she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't hear this. And then finally, um, she just signed me up herself. <laughs> She was like, I added your name to my class. Um, you're taking my class at five o'clock every Tuesday. Um, see you then. And I was like, whoa, this lady got ahead of ahead of herself. And I just remember I, I went crying and upset to my boyfriend. And I was like, I'm not going to take the class. And then he was like, why not? Like you have a professor who wants to become your mentor and she sees potential in you. Are you kidding? Just take the class. And then he was like, you can take criminal law classes on the side and see if it works. I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to do that. So I did that. And then she hired me as her legal research assistant. Nice. And turns out that I actually fell in love with immigration law. You know, um, mm -hmm. there were many classes that were a little painful because they would remind me of me and my family. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to hear about this. But you know, it hits home. But then I was like, no, actually, I love the fact that I can help people who went through something similar, right, who are in the position that my dad once was, or my mom and me and my brothers, and I can actually help them and I can help them uh, fulfill their dream to, you know, to become, a, you know, a legal resident or a U.S. citizen and have a job here and go to school um, and, and maybe even become attorneys in the future or whatever dreams they have. So it became kind of like my almost like a, my own like little mission. Like I, I remember having that moment, that realization that I was like, I was meant to do this because I was I was meant to go through all of this uh, problems with my parents and me and my family. And I was meant to go through this, you know, law school drama and craziness to get to this point to meet Lenny Benson because you know if I hadn't met Holly if I hadn't become super good friends with her my one year I hadn't met Lenny and then when I met Lenny um, it just happened that I fell in love with immigration law so now I am an immigration attorney and I love 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 what I do um, I work for a human rights agency called African Services Committee and I have another mentor. Her name is Claire Thomas. She's really good friends with Lenny. They both teach immigration law in my school. And I took asylum law. I actually, uh, excuse me, I joined the asylum law clinic, uh, which is taught by Claire Thomas, my very last uh, year of law school. And I actually got a case of a Russian couple. Um, it, it was a same-sex couple who were persecuted against in Russia for being uh, gay and um, for being also, for having a, a medical condition. Um, 
and we won the case. <laughs> and it was my first asylum win as a law student, like as, a, as an almost graduate, you know, graduate uh, from law school. And I just remember I cried and and I was so excited and so happy to have, you know, to have made a difference in somebody's life uh, and, you know, seeing my clients like say thank you and get so emotional because they never wanted to go back to Russia because they went through a lot of police, police brutality and very difficult things. Um, they were finally happy here, you know, married and happy in the United States, in a, in a country that accepts them for who they are and, you know, provides them with all this like protections and, and whatnot. So definitely for me, it was an aha moment. And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. That like confirmed my passion for immigration law. So she contacted me. She basically just said, you know, they, they asked me if I had any students interested in this role, apply, check it out, you know, see if it works out. Went through the interviewing process and then they called me and they said I was hired. We have biweekly meetings, the legal department, uh, the whole agency also has biweekly meetings because we have different departments, the legal department, we have a medical department, housing, all these different ones. Um, so the entire agency, we help each other, um, you know, help our clients and serve our communities. And especially for the legal department, we have um, constantly, I love that during the pandemic, we never lost like that sense of community. We still stay in touch a lot through Zoom, through the phone. I always call, I know that I can call my supervisor whenever to ask her questions. Um, most of the time now, because courts were closed for so long and some of them are still, still like, they're doing Zoom court, but some others are not doing anything. Um, and so for me right now is a little like it's a little weird because I'm not doing as much litigation work as I wish I was doing now as an attorney, but I am doing a lot of asylum and I love asylum cases. I do a lot of research as a result, a lot of legal writing, um, interviewing clients, getting information for their respective affidavits, declarations for their case. So every single day I'm just talking to clients, doing research and writing. And uh, soon when the immigration court officially goes back to normal, which God knows when that's going to be, um, but uh, rumor has it that some of my cases are going to be scheduled um, by June, I believe, or July. So I'm probably going to start going to court more often this summer, which I'm excited about. So, yeah, I hope that that's answers your question. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And I'm sure that after everything, like your entire journey, not only coming to the United States, but, you know, your legal journey that took a while, you know, I'm sure you look at yourself every day and you're just so proud and you should be so proud of yourself. And I'm sure, you know, that you're going to inspire so many people that listen to this, um, especially just like being Latina and stuff like that. Like I'm Latina myself. I'm actually from Peru too. So oh, um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I feel like this is a really special episode for a lot of people because it can take a long time to get to your end goal, you know, especially when you are a minority and there's barricades in the way sometimes, you know? So thank you a lot for sharing everything with us. Of course. Thank you. Thank you both. And I've just been holding my tears the entire time talking. <laughs> um, sorry. Oh, no, no, it's fine. I was like, 
um, you know, when, when you, when you asked, you know, when you said, oh, I'm sure you look at yourself in the mirror and you're proud of yourself. Um, you know, I do have days where I forget, you know, I forget because that's life, right? Like you're always looking for the next big thing. Like you're never satisfied. Unfortunately, especially as attorneys, like I feel like we're always looking to grow and continue to grow in our careers and do more and do more. And so we tend to forget, especially as minorities, as you mentioned, right? We, we tend to forget about how much more difficult it is for us and for just for, um, for people who just don't, you know, don't have any connections, any privileges. And so for me, definitely it was very, very hard. And so it's nice to have these opportunities to talk about my story and that's why I told you, you know, I'm happy to do this, even though, you know, I had a long day at work because I love to do this, not only to inspire students, but also just to remind myself, you know, because again, you, you're always so busy that sometimes you forget. And like going back to like my immigration story and like paralegal days and everything, like getting all these flashbacks, um, really does like make me so um, just grateful um, and so proud of myself. So, yeah, you should be like seriously. It's yeah. really Sorry. inspiring story. No, yes. no like I mean, I would feel this like- is super empowering, and I just know so so many other amazing women out there are thinking, looking at you, and thinking, okay. I'm going to channel that energy and that fire and I'm going to go get me that law degree and pass that bar. Right. So Danae, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Sure. Oh my God. Um, I promised myself I was not going to cry. (laughs) (laughs) You can, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, It's uh, Danae Gabriela. So D-A-N-N-E-Y Gabriela with one L all together. Um, and then uh, I have LinkedIn for those who want to connect, um, you know, in a professional setting. Um, Facebook, I use it for family. <laughs> but definitely Instagram is the best way to reach me. Also, my website is on my Instagram because I like helping students with their law school applications during my free time. If, awesome. any, you know, if any pre-law students have any questions, they can reach out to me. They can send me a DM um, and then I, I'll automatically send uh, every time I get a DM from a pre-law student or a law student or anyone who wants to connect. I just send them my email address and then we connect through Zoom and we chat. Perfect. So, yeah. Love that. Yay. Welcome to you guys. Thank you. Thank yes. You so for having me. Thank you. Of course. All right. Who's crying? I'm not. But seriously, <laughs> um, okay, maybe a yeah, that was really awesome. You know, I just loved hearing her story, you know, seeing other women from similar backgrounds. It's just, I love seeing it, you know, like it, it makes me happy. It makes me happy that, you know, I, I obviously was very privileged. I didn't have to go through a lot of the struggles that people do to come to the United States. I was born here, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but your mom wasn't. But my mom wasn't, and you know, my mom's dream was basically. Sorry, it's okay. It is emotional because this is so many people out there. You guys have the dream to come to the United States and become attorneys and help people, and. Danae and Samantha's cute little mom that is so much like Danae had the same dream and 
this episode was just one that, you know, she says, I could write three books. I could write four books. And I'm thinking, girl, write the books because people need to hear this story. People need to see the perseverance that this girl has, the self-discipline. You know, I love when she talked about being in a 1L and make, worrying about making too many friends. And I can totally you know, relate to that. of just like, what am I doing? You're a social butterfly. You think that you're supposed to be doing this when in reality, you finally just realize like, okay, I need to buckle down and work hard. And that's what she did. And even when it came to the bar, taking it three times, you know, this girl even took it the second time when me and Samantha were both looking at each other, like, don't take it. And she's like, and I took it anyways. And we're like, why? You know, because she just has the perseverance and, the grit that truly you can see in an immigrant and a Latina woman who has faced adversity so much in her life. And it was just beautiful to see. Yes, for sure. It was very inspirational, not only to us, but I know so many of you guys probably could relate and just, you know, feel inspired. So I'm so happy that we could have her on and, you know, definitely reach out to her if you ever want to talk and um you know we're here too so don't ever feel scared to yes and if you decide to leave your home state and move to another one to go to law school she's a great person to reach out to so don't be afraid to ask someone for a little advice guys i know that i've been preaching that over here in oklahoma city to all my friends and if you don't ask, they, can, they can't tell you no. So just be brave and reach out to people, especially if you feel like you have a commonality with them. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Ladies Who Law School Podcast. We also have a Facebook and a Facebook group where everyone is talking all the time about all things law school and life related. So definitely join that. Yes, guys. And good luck on finals. And if you've already taken them, I hope that you're enjoying a little bit of your downtime. And if not, and you're in the deep, dark depths like we are, keep up the hard work. This is the grit, the self-discipline, just like we learned from Danae. So keep it up, guys, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.